Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use the stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Okay, so if you're a direct response marketing nerd like I am, you're going to really enjoy today's episode. I got on the horn with Rick Cesari. So he is one of the pioneers of direct response TV. So selling stuff on like an infomercial. I don't know if you remember that back in the day, um, but he did stuff, some cool things with George Foreman. He's done stuff with uh, GoPro, a bunch of other brands as well, and he's, he's made a bunch of money. Right now, he focuses more on consulting when it comes to e-commerce and Facebook ads. Obviously, times have changed. We're not watching TV anymore. We're on you know, our phones. So, he's become a bit of a master when it comes to video persuasion, grabbing attention, how do you actually turn people who are cold into buyers, all these really cool things. It doesn't just apply to products as well. What Rick talks about or what him and I talk about today also helps you if you sell um, you know, info products because it's all human, humans buying products. It, it's, uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's just an e-com product. The principles are still the same and that's why I'm really excited to share with you the interview. Today, Rick gives you heaps of practical stuff. Um, I know sometimes I, I go on with like more of a story-based interview. Today's a bit more practical. So if you're going to have a notepad handy, or if you're going for a walk, make sure to take down some notes. They're going to be really handy for you. Without that, without that, without further ado, let's get into my guest today, Rick Cesari. G'day, this is Jules Dan from Storytelling, Storytelling Secrets. I'm joined by Rick Cesari um, from rickcesari.com. Rick, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me, Julian. It's really great to be here. And I love the fact that you're in Australia and I'm in Seattle, Washington. Yeah, I know, right? I've actually been to Seattle, Washington. It's a really cool place. I went to the Pike Markets. You'd be proud of that. Um, yes. But uh, it's, all, it's not about me today. It's about you, Rick. I, I love for you to tell my audience a little bit about yourself, about your backstory and what you're currently focusing on in your business. Sure. I'll try to condense 30 years into about yeah. five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I, uh, I basically have been in the uh, direct-to-consumer marketing business for over 30 years. Um, and the last 25 years or so, I owned an agency called Cesare Direct. And primarily, we started out um, using television, uh, you know, te- television direct response, short-form commercials, infomercials, those types of things, and was able to, to create and work with some really well-known brands uh, started out with um, a company that I own called the Juice Man Juicer and, and got people excited about drinking fresh juices. Uh, then the company that bought that business for me, Salton Housewares, introduced a product called the George Foreman Grill. And I did all the television marketing mm. for the George Foreman Grill. Oh, that's awesome. And then I was involved in all the early uh, advertising for OxyClean and Rug Doctor, and then Sonicare, and a sister company of Sonicare called Clarisonic. 
and uh, lots of other products. Um, but more recently, I did my agency did all the television marketing for the GoPro cameras. Um, and so about three years ago, I sold the agency. And that's where you mentioned my personal website, rickcesari.com. And yep. now I just am writing books and speaking and do marketing consulting and lots of podcasts. So I'm glad to be on yours today. Well, that's, that's a really interesting story. Really nice, big, big products and big brands that you've worked with. Um, and I definitely want to be touching on a lot of the principles that you went through in the direct response TV and infomercials. Cause it, it seems like it's a bit of a lost art. Like we don't, we don't get, we don't watch it anymore, but all the principles are still there in what we're doing in today's marketings. And, and what are you really covering with your clients right now? Um, yeah, in, in your, in your yeah, business right yeah. now. So, so what I normally do with clients, and I'll tell you a couple of current clients, um, one is a uh, product that's like a laser um, hair loss uh, product where you oh, put yeah. this on and it helps stop your hair loss and regrow hair. And, and great story behind it. It was developed by a former NASA scientist. And then um, I'm working with a European company mattress company called Dormeo that's introducing their product to the US. So really what I do today is uh, companies will come to me and I'll help them put together a direct to consumer marketing plan and using different vendors and then oversee that plan, help implement it and oversee the vendors. So obviously a lot of these products, you know, you have to have your Amazon set up. Um, it, you know, you talked about direct response TV and that's my background, but mm -hmm. I found that my video production selling ability transfers really well to creating Facebook ads that work and you, YouTube ads and things like that. Yeah. So I always like to say that the things I learn, and you know this from being a copywriter, Julian, that, um, I always like to say human nature doesn't change or human psychology and the things that motivate people uh, just the technology or delivery systems change. So if you understand the underlying foundations that make people react, and you, you know this from being a copywriter, um, these things will work regardless of the way you're getting that message out to them. Mm, interesting. And, and can we cover some of those timeless principles that have transferred from the old tech being TV to what you're doing right now with say Facebook ads and YouTube ads? I'm really curious to hear. Yeah, I, I mean, probably the most, the simplest one and it's one that I've just used successfully and it's nothing really revealing, you know, is basically using um, authentic customer testimonials. To me, if I have ever, if I'm ever working with a product or a service and I can get five, six, seven, eight, a dozen great customer testimonials, I know I can make that product a successful marketing campaign. Um, so testimonials were a real big thing in direct response television. Um, but obviously user, we just kind of take that same thing and user generated footage from customers works really well in Facebook ads as well. And the same thing with, with, with YouTube ads. The other thing that, that works well, I've always had a lot of success on TV uh, with using the concept of a spokesperson. Um, people respond um, to that authority figure. Um, one of my favorite mm -hmm. books, and I'm sure you've read this being a copywriter, yeah. is uh, the, the influence, the psychology of persuasion. And, you know, they have a concept there of uh, authority and people respond to authority. So um, using a company spokesperson, like I'm working with a big Amazon company, they, they're, they're a top 200 seller called Pluggable. 
And one of the things they do really well is the company founder has a great origin story, why he started the company, it's on video. And every time they launch a new product, they, they launch, they're the largest seller of docking stations on Amazon. Every time they launch a new product, uh, he makes a video, uses it to, for the product listing on Amazon, but also uses that video as a YouTube video. And really the video, that, that video marketing strategy is helping propel his company successfully. So, so he's using one video, you said, for Amazon and one for YouTube, is that, is that correct? No, what I'm saying is he'll create a video yep. and he'll use a video in the product listing for, for whatever the product oh, is. I see, I see. Yep. But then he'll take the same video and put it on his YouTube channel. So mm. it's really multi-purposing the, the video that they use. But yes. I have a really good story about um, uh, a direct response technique that really helped build a major business. You and I were talking a little bit before the podcast started about GoPro. And, and um, that was one of the companies we helped do all the television marketing for. And mm -hmm. I, I met the founder of GoPro, Nick Woodman, um, at a trade show in Salt Lake City. He, it was called the Outdoor Retailing Trade Show. And he has a, had a booth there and he was selling the GoPros out of the back of a Volkswagen bus. And I said, hey, I think we could make this product successful. Um, he, after the show, we flew up to Seattle and we sat down and we kind of laid out a plan for the, for the company to grow. And, and really the one big direct response technique that we used with GoPro was in their TV commercials, um, every GoPro ad started with a brand logo, then there was user-generated footage in the middle, and it ended with an offer. And, it, and basically, it, the offer was, go to our website, someone will win one of everything we sell every single day. And three great things happened. People would see those TV ads, mm. and they would go to the GoPro website, and the first thing they would do is register for the for the contest. Yep. So now we had their name and, you know, you being email. an email copywriter, we marketed to the database. The second great thing that happened, and you know, if you've seen Go, um, GoPro videos, they're really cool. People would go to the site, they'd see other cool videos, they'd share them. And the third thing that happened was, you know, true direct response. People would go to the site, they'd purchase the camera generating revenue so that our advertising was generating revenue and we put all that money back into the advertising and it was a strategy that helped GoPro go from zero to a billion dollars in sales in about eight years. That's really cool. So it first off, they made it a contest. Yes. Um, and then second of all, to get people hooked in, they used customer footage which makes it yes. seem yeah. like user-generated user generated footage, which yeah. is, you know, you know, anybody that you know, and I don't know if you do face a bunch of Facebook advertising, but user generated footage just seems to work so much better, even on social media and stuff. And well, so that was one of the secrets of GoPro was the, was the fact that they had all these extreme athletes sending them footage, you know, of all the different things, jumping out of airplanes and off of cliffs and snowboarding and things like that. Yeah, exactly. It's something about just making it look really authentic when, when you're viewing it. It doesn't look that produced feeling, which... I don't know, makes, which makes it look a lot more appealing when you're buying it. But I want to sort of talk about, you know, because because what a, a lot of what you do is direct to consumer and we have a lot of probably B2B coaches, consultants, course creators who listen to it. We can still definitely apply the same principles, but when you're trying to introduce a story into your videos, how would you do that without putting the audience to sleep? Yeah, and I find the best way to do it is I like to interview people 
And if there's a founder of, and I mentioned this earlier, if mm -hmm. there's a founder of the company or whatever, and you know, recently with COVID, we've had to do all the interviews just like we're doing now, you know, over, over Zoom or yeah. there's lots of different apps and things. But if I'm gonna make a video about a company, the very first thing I do is interview that founder. And then I make a transcript of the interview and I basically go through and kind of make a paper edit and I build a story out of the interview by mm. taking, you know, the things that are the most interesting. So it's, it's like in my, I have a book um, out uh, called Video Persuasion. And um, I have a list of 20 questions that I suggest people ask in an interview. And it basically gives you a body of information that you can then build a great story out of that that's interesting to people. Cause I, I, I know anybody that I know that's an entrepreneur or a small business owner, they love to hear founder stories. You know, why did you start this business? What are the struggles? What are the things you overcome? What are the things you did to make you successful? And so you put all those things together in an interview and you pull the best sound bites out. And to me, that's the way you create a, a, a real interesting story. And yeah. just just the second part of that, though, is once you do it with the founder of the company, um, I like to talk to customers of the company doing the same thing. The customers will give you the best feedback. Why did you buy the product? What did you like about it? What you don't like about it? Mm -hmm. And again, if you talk to six to eight to 10 real customers, they'll give you all the information you need to know on building a marketing plan. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I did that exact same thing. It's crazy how much, how easy it is to get an outline of what you want to move forward with when you just Absolutely. talk, when you just talk to the customers. It's so easy. And, and people, you would be shocked at the number of people that don't do that. Even, and, and I get it. It's really frustrating. The larger the company, usually the less contact they are, there are with the customer. And that's the best source of information. Exactly. That's why I really like working with people who are you know, they, they're, they're the head of the business. You're working one-on-one -on -one with them. You might have a small team because you're going to have access to their clients. They've got that relationship. So that's really Absolutely. powerful. Um, Absolutely. I do want, so, so you've got that book. Can I, can we hear a couple of those questions, those profiling questions? Yeah, I'll, I'll actually do, do, do one better. Anybody yeah. that's listening to the podcast, if they send me an email at rick at rickcesari.com, I'll send you the entire list of questions for, oh, for definitely people. yeah but i i already mentioned a couple of my I, I it'll take me too long to look it up in the book but basically <laughs> yep. it, it 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 is um the customer uh questions are pretty simple after you get by the basic personal information um how did you hear about the product what made you purchase the product what do you like about the product what don't you like about the product um if you were to, you know, would you recommend this product to your friends and why? Um, if you were trying to convince your neighbor in the back, uh, you know, over the fence in your backyard, why they should purchase this product, what would you tell them? You know, kind of leading questions mm -hmm. just to get them to open up and talk. And just like we're doing on the podcast, it's very conversational. Um, you know, depending yeah. on what they answer, you kind of, that takes you in the new direction that, that you talk with people. And yeah. um, uh, and so we've, I've been using that technique for years and years. 
and if and I video the responses so that I not only have the information which helps me develop the marketing plan, I also have video testimonials to, to use in ever the marketing I'm doing. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty smart, right? And and one of the things you just said before, Rick, was really clever. Or not what not clever, but like it's the right way to um, interview <laughs> in that it's yeah, not that not that you're not clever, Rick, but it's um. <laughs> It's following up with what they say. What, like you've asked an open-ended question, they've, t- they've told you something. It's probably a good idea to keep going down that rabbit hole. If they give you a little bit more information, um, maybe you could follow up with, you know, oh, why do you feel like that? Or that's what I've always found where if you just go question one, then question two. I it, agree it with you. Work. You can always tell a good interviewer versus a bad interviewer. A bad interviewer really doesn't listen to the answer and just goes on to question two and then question three. And it's much better to have a conversation. You know, it, it's real interesting. I have another uh, good story about the Sonicare toothbrush. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when that first came out, it was difficult to market because it was a $150 toothbrush. Yeah. Um, and people didn't understand the sonic technology and the benefits of it. Um, but we were talking to one of these testimonials and the woman said, you know, I've been using this for six weeks and I went back to my dentist and I had the best dental checkup I ever had. So what we did is we built into the offer our better dental checkup guarantee. So if anybody purchased Sonicare, we guaranteed that they would get a better dental checkup or we'd give them their money back. And that idea, what didn't come out of creative mind, it came from a person that was actually using the product. A little anecdote that someone followed up with probably inside of that interview rather than just going question to question. So yeah, absolutely. And, and, and <laughs> so those are the customer questions. Have you got some good profiling questions for the founder stories? Yeah, the founders, I really like interviewing founders and um, I'm actually right now working with a, uh, a company called Takeometrics, and they do analytics for Amazon advertisers, and they pro they're profiling a different Amazon uh, client of theirs every month, and so I get to talk to these founders of small businesses, and mm-hmm. I just love to uh, talk to them again. And I always interested in hearing entrepreneurial stories, and I'm sure you get to hear a lot doing the podcast. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, I. I say, you know, what, what made you start the business? You know, it's always the big question, why? What, what motivated you? What, why did you decide to start? You know, one of the um, clients makes, um, believe it or not, like uh, handicap things for dogs and doggy wheelchairs. And it's like, you know, what, what made you get into this category? Why did you start creating these? And, and they have a great story to tell you about it. And, and, you know, I always find one of the things that I like to make, one of the videos I always like to make with any founder is what I call the origin story. You know, the whole thing is why did you start the business? And people like to hear that. And I think it's a really important part of any e-commerce site is to have that origin story. Mm. And speaking of origin stories, what part of the marketing journey do you include, let's just say someone's brand new, never seen you before. Um, Mm -hmm. When would you include that origin story in part of that, in part of their marketing journey? Um, In part of their marketing journey? So sorry, yeah, I didn't phrase that correctly. It's too early in the morning. So at what point of the journey would you introduce, say, that origin story? So let's maybe they've seen an ad for the first time. Is it maybe not in the first ad, but it's in the follow-up email they've got 
Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it depends, you know, if they're brand new and we're trying to get the message out to people, I would rather initially deal with um, messaging that's built around testimonials, successful clients, successful customers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's, it's kind of like there isn't necessarily like use this now and use that one now, because if we're doing any type of advertising and we're trying to get them to go back to a website or a landing page, I, I think that it's important that when they get there, that, that they need to see the origin story. People wanna know why they're buying something or why a business is in existence. So they're kind of, um, they're kind of you know, together. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's a specific time that I use one versus the other. And sometimes you, they're, they're together. I'll, I'll use testimonial stories with the origin story type of thing. Mm. It just depends how easy it is to tell or how long it is. Yeah, okay. And the natural next question is, People obviously get sick of their own stories before the customers do. Mm-hmm. How often should you be telling your origin story? Well, I like I said earlier, I, I love to see it right on a on the 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 e-commerce site. And when you say telling it, um, you know, let's say you're writing a book. It's got to be in your book. It's mm-hmm. um, got to be on your website. And even though you personally are tired of it, yeah. every, you're lo- always looking for new customers and new customers are the ones, our clients are the ones that are going to look at it or see it or read it. So no matter how much you might personally get tired of hearing your own story, it's still a, a really important piece of marketing information that any new client or customer wants to see or hear. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I I do want to follow up one more thing about videos because I think it's a a really cool topic. How do you grab attention these days on uh, Ah, your ads? That's a great question. And I actually, uh, (laughs) I keep referring back to my book. I actually have um, uh, three different ways to grab a people, people's attention um, in, in a video. And you know, people's attention spans, you know, are really not very big. You know, you being an email writer, you probably know the answers, or at least you have your own techniques for doing it. But I always like telling people that creating video is very similar to giving a speech. And the way you start a speech and, excuse the term, hook the people into it is really important. And one um, really easy way is to ask a question you know, would you like to lose 10 pounds in the next 30 days? How would you like to get more energy? And so if you're asking that question, anybody that's interested in the answer is going to listen to what you have to say next. And so that's always a good way. Another really good way is to start with some type of factoid or statistic. And, you know, I started one of my most, most successful infomercials, the Juice Man infomercial, with a factoid that I had seen on, on CNN. And it said that um, a scientist had just discovered an element in broccoli called Indo-3 carbonyl that was shown to prevent breast cancer. And so I, I actually started the, the television commercial with like somebody typing and those words were coming out on the screen. And so a factoid is a good way to um, grab people's attention. 
And then the third way I mentioned in the book is, and what we're talking a lot about today is tell a good story. People get hooked in with a good story, but you just have to be able to catch their attention quickly with the story. Yeah, exactly. So just to follow up for the audience, I want to follow up on the story too. It's you want to use a question that leads with a benefit. That's something what you just yeah. mentioned. Then the other one was a statistic factoid. I like factoid, that. Factoid, yeah. And then the third one was a story now, but this is the part where a lot of people stuff up because it's, it's, it's hard to, to know when do I start the story right Yeah, or how do you start it? Yeah. Uh, I'll give you an example. I'm, so I, I, I set a goal. I, I have four books and I set a goal. I said I wanted to write five books by the time I was 65. I was 61 when I said that. Anyway, um, I'm in the middle of my fifth book, but I start the book out with a story. And basically, um, the story starts like... Um, my receptionist buzzed me and said, there's a large man waiting to see me in the office. Yeah. And then when he came back, I, it was the largest human being I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and so then it goes on to say that the guy was an ex-professional football player and retired and he had purchased one of our juicers and the juicers helped him uh, basically, I don't know how to say this nicely, uh, go to the bathroom more often than he yep. was because he was clogged up because of taking pain medication. And he was so grateful. He came into the office and to, oh, to kind of tell us about it. But the yep. way, you know, you tell the story, it kind of draws the people in mm. like, who is this guy and what's he want? You know? Yeah. That curiosity just sucks people yeah. in. Um, awesome. Awesome stuff. Hey, Rick, I want to ask you a couple of questions about you, if that's okay. Depends what they are, but go ahead. Oh, it won't be too bad. <laughs> So what, I'm curious to know, what's, what's your vision for the next six to 12 months inside your business? That's interesting. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm really into this uh, book writing. I'm going to finish this book probably in September. And then I just want to write a book a year for the next five years. Just I just seem to, you know, when you first start writing, you kind of think like, oh, what am I going to write about. And then, then once you start, it's like, wow, I got so much to write about. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep writing books, um, keep doing um, consulting. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough with my background that I, I get a lot of leads without um, doing a lot of prospecting. And so I'm fortunate enough to kind of pick and choose the projects I work on um and the products and so i'm just going to continue um you know helping people market their products direct to consumer pick and choose the different products i work out continue writing books and and uh doing some speaking once in a while i'm speaking uh next month at the prosper show it's the largest show for amazon sellers down in las vegas mm -hmm. and then a show in chicago in august called retail x that's for anybody that wants to sell their product through retail. So kind of the same thing I'm, I'm doing. So that my vision is doing more of the same. Yeah. Well, that's awesome to hear. And I'm curious <laughs> to know what, where does, um, where, where would you, when you ask your clients, where'd you find me? Um, is it mainly from, cause you said you've been publishing books, you, you're speaking on stage, you've been consulting. So there's a whole, yeah, you know, it's, it's really funny. Most people, um, uh, you know, find me somehow and, and then I'll get an email saying, hey, would you be interested in talking about this product? And then I'll, you know, respond to the email and we'll have a good discussion. Uh, just that, that happened the other day. I was um, 
somebody sent me this thing um, that their daughter had produced. It's called Toddler Talking Tips. And it's a course that moms could use to help their babies uh, speak at an earlier age and speak correctly. And so it's kind of interesting to see if that's something we'll get involved in from a marketing perspective. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. And for you to be able to write a book a year and to keep doing all that consulting, um, what's that one thing you know you need to personally focus on in order to achieve that goal? You know, it's, it's, um, it's really the discipline of setting aside the time to do it. Um, it's funny, I, uh, even though I've written books before, on this book, I'm, I'm working with a coach mainly for the accountability, you know, so it's like week one, week two, week three, and it's like a 12 week course to write a book. And even though I, I know the fundamentals on how to do it, it's more about the um, accountability and the discipline to, to set the goals and then sit down and work to meet the goals kind of thing. Nice. And how far through are you that through that program? Um, I'm about halfway through. It's really good. It's uh, it's a, there's a concept out there about um, writing shorter books because people don't like to read anymore. So they're about yeah. 100 to 125 pages instead of, you know, they used to be about twice that. And, you know, the concept of a book is, you know, if it becomes a bestseller, great, but that doesn't happen very often at all. It's more of a marketing tool and a business card. Mm. And, you know, somebody, you know, I've gotten a lot of business. Well, I'll tell you a really funny story. The very yeah. first book I wrote, if you have a, a minute, is, was called um, Buy Now. And this one was I did with a traditional publisher called Thomas Wiley and Sons. And one of the things I did was it was all at all the airport um, you know, those little Hudson books at the different air at the airport. When you're walking yep. through the airport, you see the bookstore. Well, my book was out there on, on the rack. And so I'm sitting in the office one day and I get a call and um, it was a guy. He said he was in Miami, but he lived in, in Egypt. And it turned out that his family was lar- one of the largest real estate developers in Egypt. He had read my book and he wanted me to fly to Egypt to make some TV commercials to help them sell timeshares in Egypt. And it just, it's kind of a long, funny story, but it just shows you how the book is, is, is a tool for developing, you know, new business basically. Yeah. It's definitely going to be on my cards. Maybe not right now. I still want to get some more experience. You're a good writer though. I mean, I read your emails all the time. So it's just a matter of picking out the right subject. And then, um, you know, the book just adds to the credibility of everything else you're doing. Well, you've inspired me, Rick. (laughs) Hey, so where's the best place for my audience to find you online? And I know you mentioned before that if they wanted to grab those questions. Yes, let me tell you, because I I was going to send anybody that wants to, um, I'm going to send, it's like an email list that I send out to uh, email templates. There's six emails that I send out to a database to solicit um, testimonials. And, and then there's the five keys to building a great brand and some other really good free material. But anyway, all they have to do is email me at my, uh, at Rick, at rickcesari.com and I'll get, I'll send them out the free information. But then also, um, if you want to find out more about me, then my, my website is rickcesari.com. That's uh, R-I-C-K-C-E-S-A-R-I, rickcesari.com. Awesome. I'm going to leave all that in the notes below, but thank you, Rick, for coming on to Storytelling Secrets today. Hey, thank you. And thank you for reaching out. I'm glad we had a chance to talk. 
Yeah, no problem. I really enjoyed it. Hey, this is Jules here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate it. So if you want to go check out my guests' freebie, what they spoke about, learn a little bit more about them, maybe they've got an event they spoke about on the podcast, you're going to find all the information below in the podcast notes. And on top of that, if you really enjoyed the podcast, if you absolutely loved Storytelling Secrets, I'd really appreciate it if you go leave a review on iTunes. It helps get the podcast out to more people and uh, I'd be really, really grateful. On top of that, if you leave a review, a written review, I'd be more than happy to read it out on air. So you're more than welcome to drop a note, say hello to a friend, promote your business, whatever. The mic is yours, so to speak. So other than that, thank you so much for listening. Go leave a review and I'll see you next time on the podcast.